BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Chair Shot Radio. This is your host for this week, Miranda Morales. And no, I am not with Greg DeMarco. Uh, usually you hear Greg's voice on the Wednesday edition, but you got me instead. So lucky, lucky you. Um, I am being joined by two uh, people. I'm going to tease a little bit because you don't know them. Some some people at the Chair Shot may not be familiar with them, but you will after this edition of Chair Shot Radio. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Chair Shot Radio is a proud part of the Chair Shot Radio Network at thechairshot.com. Um, your source for wrestling news, analysis, opinions, sports entertainment, and sports entertainment. Uh, so today's Chair Shot Radio, again, is a little different, not only because uh, Greg DeMarco is not here and I'm hosting, uh, co-hosting actually, uh, I am being joined by two of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, which you can also find at thechairshot.com. It is a proud part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, more of a recent addition um, because we also stream on luchacentral.com. Um, but everyone, please welcome Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, the trio, as we like to call ourselves, of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to Chair Shot Radio. Hey, oh, great you. to be here. Yes, yes. Now, again, uh, we 
recorded the chair or we record the lucha central weekly podcast which primarily gets streamed on luchacentral.com which is your centralized place for all things lucha libre however lucha central has partnered with the chairshot.com to also uh share streaming of this and well as it includes in the title, this podcast is specific to the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from this past week in Lucha Libre and also the week ahead. We cover top Mexico-based promotions and independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States, including the big ones such as WWE, AEW, MLW, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, NWA, uh, and much, much more. So, of course, you wouldn't expect us to come here and, and not do anything Lucha Libre uh, related. So that is what we're going to cover this week. But it may not as, you know, don't worry if you are not a Lucha Libre fan. I feel like you may be because the topic that we're going to cover today is one that I think all wrestling fans have an opinion about and have some uh, you know, allegiance towards. And for a lot of uh, wrestling fans, this, what we're going to talk about, was their introduction to Lucha Libre. And that is Lucha show that aired on the El Rey Network for, I believe, five seasons? That's a cool Four. Four seasons. Four seasons. Four seasons. Yeah. Four the, seasons. Fifth, the fifth season is the myth that we all live live for. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, no, that's that's great. That's exactly what uh, you know. We wanted to talk about today is that really in the short amount of time that Lucha Underground was on television, it made a huge impact in the world of of pro wrestling and Lucha Libre, introducing American audiences to Lucha Libre in a way that they've never seen before. And, uh, you know, within within the four seasons, um, you know, now that they are no longer uh, in existence, um, you know, now we hear so much of the stories of what's happened behind the scenes on endless podcasts. But the theme that I and I think we all consistently see is that it is such a missed product. It's a missed show. It's a missed yeah. Promote and not even really a promotion. It was a television show, which is we'll go into that in a second. But I mean, to this day, fans love it. They can't get enough of it, and they want more of it. So for this week's uh, for today's chair shot radio topic, we're going to talk about Lucha Underground and why it's sorely missed. I'm going to hand it off to Brendan first, who is really, you know, the historian. I mean, really, let's get also th- through this. You know, I, I uh, you know, help navigate some of the conversation. But Brendan and Dusty are the true historians of Lucha Libre. In the one year that I've been working with them on the Lucha Central Weekly podcast, I have learned so much from them. Um, and that is one thing that our podcast tends to do is really try to inform and educate people on Lucha Libre because it is a very rich tradition. It's very heavily influenced in families and culture. Um, and so if anyone, you know, don't be intimidated by it uh, because we uh, I have an esteemed, you know, group of, of co-hosts who can give you the business, who can tell you and, and get you up to speed. So, Brennan, go ahead and kind of talk with us a bit about kind of the history uh, of not only just Lucha Underground, but also I guess Lucha Libre on American television. 
yeah, so what I had what I always think of as a huge part, a factor of the success of Lucha Underground is that it is rooted in Lucha Libre, which kind of has this um mysterious uh, well, this subculture in in wrestling fandom where uh back in the in the 80s and 90s it was tape traders had to find it uh it really only started to explode in America when WCW and ECW started bringing wrestlers north of the border through a lot of that work um would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the when worlds collide pay-per-view which is really kind of the the major groundbreaker but as I love to tell people about, I was the, the kid who sat through all of the WCW cruiserweight matches while all my friends went to the other room to get snacks or go to the bathroom. So uh, it, it's it, that there is there is a group of us that wanted more of that Lucha Libre to going forward. And when it happened, that there was this whole show around it, which then added a whole bunch of other elements like. Um, you have the the mythology that is vaguely like Latin American mythology, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. played up a little more movie style. And you had a movie style approach. You had cinematic matches long before you had a lockdown, where cinematic matches was yes. the only thing that had to happen. So I, I mean, I felt like those were all factors in it. I, I'm can see Dusty's thinking real hard here about. Yeah. I love the cinematic matches, personally. Um, Without the cinematic... I mean, like, we've seen them... Throughout the pandemic era, cinematic matches kind of became more Mm -hmm. important than ever. And they, you know, that's really where they got their start. The Hardy compound match, that's where it got its start. You know, I mean, it was all the beginning of the cinematic and the, the... I hate to use the word drama, but it is the drama within wrestling. That's really where it all came Mm -hmm. from. You know, like a lot of it. And I, I loved that about it. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Yeah, um, I, I, so there's another podcast on the Central Lucha Central Network uh, that, where a gentleman by the name of Meefloaf has, has a lot of opinions on this subject. And one of his is that he really loved the movie mythology of it. Like there yes. is – there, um, it it was on the El Rey network, and everybody who knows what El Rey was all about, that's that's a a, a movie production company that mm-hmm. decided to start up TV stuff, and they added a lot of that. Let's make a movie and tell a bigger story element to it, and that mm-hmm. that mythology really was a for him, and he was he can talk about it at a greater length than me. So that was a big building block, but it, it's an important part, I think, in the fandom because every time I've had a conversation with somebody about Lucha Underground, at least one person in the room mentions something to that effect that that's something that they loved. Well, mm-hmm. and and El Rey, you know, was the the brainchild of Robert Rodriguez, who is mm-hmm. very well known for his style of movies, and you could really see that echoed in Lucha Underground. It was dark, it was grimy, it was elements of 
you know, horror, uh, but action, like you, he could have literally kind of stamped his name on it as a Robert Rodriguez movie. And I think people would have said, oh yeah, that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I feel like because it had much of that cinematic touch and specialty uh, within, you know, the umbrella of Robert Rodriguez, knowing that, you know, he didn't didn't necessarily have like a, a lot of hands on, uh, as as far as some other people did, but you know, I I think too the way that the cinematic matches played off so well and were so remembered was because they were in a very unique style that fit so well for wrestling, which is kind of the horror action genre. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I didn't know I needed that mix until I saw Lucha Underground. Yes. That was yeah, funny. definitely. Um. Oh, no, go ahead, Dusty. I, I was also going to mention the roster on Lucha Underground. I mean, when you look through the roster of Lucha Underground, these are people working in the, you know, the major companies everywhere worldwide. I mean, um, Pentagon and Phoenix, look how big they've gotten in AEW. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Melina from WWE there. We saw Rey Mysterio there. Uh, you know, there were just several people that came through Lucha Underground that, became much bigger. Um, Santos Escobar from NXT was in Lucha Underground. There are just so many stars now that kind of got their first American attention with Lucha Underground, too, Mm -hmm. that it's roster and what they did with the roster is so important. I mean, the Pentagon we all know and love is from Lucha Underground. Like, I mean, in AEW, he's exciting, but the He's right. He's still riding on Lucha Underground. Like that was <laughs> yeah. where he. I mean, that's where he made all his character development. That's where it all yeah. that, came from. That skeleton yeah. face paint. He did yes. yes when he was in Mexico. Before that, he wasn't doing that regularly, and then that became he became this skeleton ninja warrior in Lucha Underground, and that became a requirement at show. Yeah, and, and <laughs> it worked so perfectly, like we mentioned, with the horror element. The the whole. Yeah. I mean. Just what they did with the the roster they had is so impressive. You see much bigger rosters, much bigger names, and the impact is one hundredth of a percent. Yeah, that's true. It's a a testament to storytelling. Like I think that's uh, at the end of the day, it's such a vital component to wrestling. And as much as moveset is great, as much as production value, as much as you know, when you think of these bigger companies like AEW and WWE. At the end of the day, it's storytelling that compels people to watch. And Lucha Underground just seemed to have such a beautiful blend Mm -hmm. of amazing wrestling in the ring, but very intriguing storytelling in also the level that it seemed to also represent in its truest form, Latin American culture, Latin American history. It's a mix of telenovela, but wrestling, like there was Mm -hmm. just so many things that it combined so well that we have not seen since. I I did also want to mention, uh, kind of tag on to Dusty's point, in addition to a lot of people that were up-and-comers, we were getting major stars from Mexico. So Sexy Star, who was very big on seasons one and two, Mm -hmm. and and Mil Muertes were at the height of their career in Mexico. And and so they were – sure, they weren't known in in the States, but they were kind of these elder statesmen of – Lucha Libre, which really helped elevate a lot of that that action and that side of the roster as well. I mean, 
you know, you just you had a lot of that. And and with Mil Muertes, uh, they that was a new look for him. He he uh, Ricky Banderas has had a number of gimmicks in in wrestling. Yes. Uh, but he did not call himself Mil Muertes until Lucha Underground. And yeah. and uh, so it was kind of a big risk to do it that way with him. But he's one of the most memorable characters. So they, they that paid off, too. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff Cobb and Matanza. You know, I mean, yeah. that, that was the <laughs> other. I mean, the Pentagon, Mil Muertes, and Matanza were the three big wrestling characters people remember. And Jeff Cobb's tearing it up in Japan now. He really yeah. kind of got eyes on him through Lucha Underground too. It's just incredible what it's, yep. yeah. Well, and the sexy star would be the fourth, but she kind of fizzled out after Lucha Underground for mostly personal reasons. But those are the four names that everybody, I mean, well, but also um, Ricochet. I was say, yeah, Prince Puma was one of the biggest baby faces, yeah. you know, technicals that they produced and. Yeah. And well loved, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. people loved Prince Puma. Yeah. yeah. So we talked a bit about the history of Lucha Underground and uh, where it started and and the impact that it's had. After our break, we're going to go into the future potentially of of Lucha Underground. Uh, our thoughts on what it could possibly look like in the future or just how you know another promotion may pick it up or not you know a pretty open discussion about the future of lucha underground when we return on share shop radio This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So, Brendan Bard, Dusty Murphy, my co-host of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, which can be found on thechairshot.com and luchacentral.com. We, before the break, we were talking about the history of Lucha Underground, uh, the impact that it had on professional wrestling uh, here in the States, not only exposing it to a new audience, but also exposure to a, a, a myriad of wrestlers that have now uh, become super popular that we see on our screens. Also introducing Mexico-based talent that, you know, ended up in a, in a different market. Um, I mean, for a lot of people who know, there's been somewhat of a possible resurgence of Lucha Underground through this iteration that MLW is doing with Azteca Underground. I want to kind of get your thoughts on this. Is this kind of the the prayers have been answered? Are we getting Uh, a return of Lucha Underground? I want to I want to address one other thing first, because we did talk about that. There's still to this day rumors about season five happening now right over over at lucha central we have some guys who have been backstage and have a lot of experience we've talked to them their estimation is the chance to that of an actual season five happening is next to none because they're the people that were on the el rey side are have moved on to other projects a lot Mm -hmm. of these wrestlers have moved on to other projects Uh so Season five 
as of Lucha Underground seems like it's probably not going to happen, but there are people that still are invested in the idea of making it happen. So you're going to keep hearing these rumors. Mm-hmm. Very fair. Which which brings us to uh, Azteca Underground on MLW, and I, I, I'll let uh, you guys talk a little bit about that. I, I can see uh, Dusty. Yeah. Probably- I I think it's the logical, like the not the fifth season necessarily, but the <laughs> the next iteration of Lieutenant. We've already established that they're going to have Mil Muertes there. He's Ray Muertes now. He looks bigger and badder than ever. Like he looks incredible. They've said that they're going to film in L.A. They haven't said if it's Boyle Heights or not, but I mean you would assume that they're going to try to aim for the same general area they're trying to capture the same feel with Azteca underground and i think that it's i mean they've got a lot of the same not the same wrestlers necessarily they, they do have momentous but they also just the feel i feel like the wrestlers that they're signing to the brand and they're treating it as its own brand in the mlw draft i i allegedly it'll have its own show i think it's going to be the spiritual successor to lucha underground i do i think it'll be a standalone product that kind of carries the torch hopefully we see some of that cinematic we also we have dario cueto back you know he's I was the new hefe you were going to mention and, that yeah i mean there's just so many of the the elements that made it feel special that are back uh, even his little red bull on his desk you know like the little touches i think that It'll definitely be the spiritual successor to Lucha Underground. Well, yeah, it's, it, I just have Dario Cueto's desk is like a special guest star. <laughs> I have so he's in fairness, he has to go by a different name, and there's yes. storyline reasons for this. Um, yes, Caesar. I don't remember his last Caesar name. Duran. Duran. Yes. There we go. But his desk, if you look at that, and I've I've taken the time because I'm a nerd. If you look at his desk in these MLW shots. And the ones that he had, the desk that he had back in the underground days, it's very similar, including the name plate that says, I'm kind of a big deal. So they, <laughs> yeah. He is. It's not just the Red Bull. They put all the little things on there. I'm sure if I keep looking, I'll find some uh, medallions that will go into the, the Gift of the Gods championship on his desk somewhere, but haven't found those yet. Well, one of the biggest critiques, and we've heard this from, you know, again, lots of, of personnel between Vampiro and Conan um, about one of the biggest drawbacks to us, uh, Lucha Underground is that it was a television show. It was not a wrestling promotion, so it was handled as such. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the, the focus. And that's why there was, you know, things beyond their control. Um, the networks went certain things, but it would also, you know, prevented them from having bigger partnerships, traveling, even just merchandising. There were so many things that on paper, it made sense for a wrestling fan or a wrestling promotion to do. But they were not a wrestling promotion. Now, this partnership or, or this new iteration under MLW could resolve that by it being a, you know, a proper wrestling entity. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, does that, you know, MLW is not LRA. I think that, too, is, you know, there is going to be some challenges with the production and, and storyline that they really have to be mindful of and navigate in a different way. Um, I'm curious if MLW is going to be taking it, what kind of directions they're going to be taking it in um, and, and what's going to be different about it this time 
compared to what we saw before. But it does feel like we are coming into a new time of it, a, a new it's a rebirth. Um, it seems like, as, as Dusty mentioned, and so have you, Brendan, you know, the elements of this fans are have been dying for for years now and they've started to set up the pieces when they first introduced uh caesar duran um and you know the all of the elements of of the desk and all the elements of even (laughs) just the story were there people knew you you did not have to say anything at that point dario cueto's name had not been changed or uttered but you knew you knew like it, it there was just it was synonymous so i feel like mm-hmm. if they stay within that element it's you know they're going to be able to hit a lot of things that lucha underground fans will remember um are going to get drawn to and are going to come to um cuz i i have to admit i and i don't know you guys probably know more about this i mean how many with a lucha underground fan how how many of them really would have watched mlw without this you know it's, um yeah yeah, it, uh, it's definitely brought more attention to the MLW product. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the average Lucha Underground fan is also just a Lucha fan, and MLW is so Lucha-friendly and Lucha-heavy mm-hmm. at times. Uh, even the old Underground product, there's tons of crazy yeah. cool matches. Vampiro shows up in the early era. So they were known for having Lucha Libre product, but it's more accessible than ever. And I don't know if people realized how accessible MLW is now. So hopefully this opens that up to those fans that just didn't realize how easy it was to watch for years. I didn't see MLW because you couldn't get it around here, but now with, you know, now you can, it's streaming. So it's, yeah, it was before we started our podcast that I started watching it real regularly. And so I think that there's tons of fans that are smart to the Lucha product and stay up on it, but aren't necessarily aware of MLW's accessibility and the product, but maybe the results. And so hopefully this will bring some attention to that, too. I I did. I'm glad you, you brought that up. I did want to mention a lot of the history and maybe people listening to this podcast may be less aware of MLW's product. Um. So they had the show Underground, which Dusty and I have been re-exploring because I lived on the West Coast and it wasn't available to me out here. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, it it is the Underground show back in the day was very clearly meant to be a more wrestling oriented but spiritual successor to ECW, and they did a very yeah. good job of of bringing a product that ECW fans could be proud of. But still having it centered in actual wrestling, which is what MLW today is, is it's MLW is is always talking about it's it's a fusion of styles. They have strong style, they have brawling, they have MMA, they have lucha, and they'll so, so they're always that's the story in the MLW promotion right now is that it's a it's the the, the clash of styles. We don't know what this other show with Azteca Underground is going to look like. It, my guess is it's going to be more lucha centric and if it sticks with the underground formula that they used before they're going to try to be a spiritual successor to uh lucha underground while still rooted in in wrestling so Mm -hmm. i i feel like they have a well-established track record of doing this kind of product very well and uh so 
first off, any of you that are fans of ECW and, and feel like you need more ECW in your life and haven't watched MLW Underground, you need to go back and watch those on, on YouTube right now. Yes. But also, yeah, I'm very confident that there's going to be a solid MLW version of Lucha Underground following a similar path and book because of this. Very true. Well, gentlemen, Brendan, Dusty, thank you so much for helping me out on this uh, Wednesday edition of Chair Shop Radio. As we do at the end of Lucha Central podcast, I'd like to uh, let you guys have the opportunity to share your socials so that way anyone listening can follow you. Uh, Dusty, where can uh, our listeners find you? I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321, and then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook, and I am all over Twitter. Uh, One thing I want to just pitch right now is we talk a lot about indie wrestling on on the, the show over at Lucha Central. So if you are a fan or a promoter or wrestler and you want to have maybe have us talk about you on the air, please feel free to contact me, send me links to your matches, invite me to your shows, whatever it is you think I need to do, and uh, I, I will try to, to talk about you guys on the air. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, don't forget to follow thechairshot.com on social media, at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Again, the uh, Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops on thechairshot.com every Monday. Uh, and then you can also find us on luchacentral.com on Fridays and Saturdays, depending on the week. But uh, yeah, I mean, thank you gentlemen for helping me out today. I'd love to hear your opinions. Uh, those who are listening about Lucha Underground, if you've watched it, if you were a fan of it, if you're aware of Azteca Underground and this new iteration, what are your thoughts on it? Um, but if you're just interested in learning more about Lucha Libre, definitely check out the Lucha Central weekly podcast on luchacentral.com and thecheershot.com. We got your Lucha Libre news covered each and every single week. As far as Chair Shot Radio goes, you know, it's going to come back tomorrow. I am not as skilled and well-versed as Greg. There is a list of people who do it every single day. I just don't have that list. I'm sorry, you guys. But just to stay tuned. We have Chair Shot Radio, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday. We come back again on Mondays. Uh, it's all done in part by the team at thechairshot.com. So just make sure you stay tuned. Thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget, well, Always keep it hostile. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less bark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart, and baby, satisfy me. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.